0: Hi, this is Michelle Wainwright, and welcome to Creative Juicy, a podcast about the creative process, the journey to finding your voice, and tools to help creatives, aka people just like you, find inspiration, confidence, and some business savvy along the way. My career in brand and content strategy led me to collaborating with incredible creators, From photographers to directors, chefs, designers, stylists, illustrators, developers, founders, and so much more. I'm here to shine a light on the experiences of people who dare to be different, with the hopes of inspiring you to do whatever makes you feel unapologetically you. So let's get into it. This is Creative Juicy. Oh, you've never been on a podcast? No, I think so. Oh, I'm glad I'm your first. Yeah. No, you'll be great. So can you please introduce yourself and share a little bit about what it is that you do?
1: Hi, I'm Rebecca Laurie. Um, I am a Dutch girl currently living in New York. I do most of my work on Instagram. I'm what they call a content creator or influencer, although I do not think either one really captures what I actually do. I've been working with fashion and lifestyle brands over the past past. Decades uh, all over the world, um, but yes, definitely posting photos and doing promo- promotional activities for um, for those brands. And next to that, I started a creative agency last year called La Piscine, and um, our agency basically leverages the network that I already have and that I've built, and we work with creatives all over the world. Because over the years, I've met so many talented people, both on the brand side, but also on the more creative side that I really wanted to explore that road a bit more. And we've been lucky enough to work with some amazing brands over the past few years, creating campaigns from A to Z. So pre-production, the creative, the production process, the casting uh, to taking the photos. Um, I don't do it myself. We have a very talented photographer to, um, to do so. And we either work with him in-house or we work with creatives elsewhere uh, to post-production. So it's been really, really fun. And it's been really challenging at the same time because no startup usually uh, goes without any uh, little bumps in the road, but it's been really fun so far.
0: Well, I love that you introduced yourself as a Dutch girl. Yes. Because, as you know, my mom is Dutch, and so I remember when I first met you, your accent just felt so much like home. <laughs> it's so nice because you.
1: I don't really like my accent, but on the other hand, I'm also like very proud to be Dutch and to be from Europe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely proud of that. I just don't like. I don't like the accent. I think it's a bit like it's a bit harsh. But that's because our language is a bit more harsh with the harsh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, <laughs> but thank you. I well, I it.
0: love it. <laughs> um, so Rebecca, can you share a little bit about how you got your start working in fashion When you, in the first place, I guess? Like, how did you break into the industry?
1: It's actually an interesting question because my background actually is not in fashion. It has been over the past decades, but I started out as a historian. So I have a master's in American history.
0: That's amazing.
1: Is- a lot of people know, but basically just like rewinding a bit further is, uh, the story is that I once decided that I should only do things that I really love. And that's partly because my mom and dad were always so supportive of any choices I might make. Also saying, if you do make mistakes, you'll learn from them and you need to make them them yourself. Um, and only that way you can learn and you can fix it. You can learn from it and you can move on. So basically from a very young age, I decided that I'm only going to do things that I love. So after I graduated from high school, I had to figure out what to do next. And I started law school because I kind of felt like it was like expected of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, after two weeks, I was like, this is not for me. This is so... I think I bought all the books, all the study books, and I I called my mom crying. I'm like, mom, this is not for me. I need to do something else. And my mom was like, what do you want to do? And I kind of like already knew that I wanted to dive into history because it was my favorite course in high school. Uh, So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to try and I'm going to see where I end up. My dad is also a historian and he ended up just fine. So I had the confidence that, you know, at some point I'm going to end up somewhere that I That I love. So I started studying history, um, have a master's in American history. I've always had this like love for New York, although the first time that I actually went to the States, I was 21. But before that, I think it's from the movies and from TV, obviously Sex and the City Helps. I was just so in, in love with New York that when I was doing my master's, I'm like, I need to figure out a way to get there. So I decided to choose a subject for my thesis that took place in New York. So another thing that I love, I'm like, I'm just going to make it happen for myself. Because if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up in New York at the first place. Um, obviously went back home to finish my thesis. And then I was done. And I was like, okay, great. Now what? Because I don't want to be a history teacher or work in a library or in a museum All the like more obvious choices, I felt like they weren't for me. So I decided to take a different route and say, okay, this is great. I have this. I can always hold back on, you know, my my education. But I want to do something that I love because I'm going to be doing it five days a week. So I started applying for all these fashion jobs, also on fashion PR. Obviously, no one was hiring me because I didn't have the right background. So I figured, you know, if I want to do this, I probably have to start at the bottom. So that's what I did. So I started at the bottom in the sense that I was just working in a showroom. Then I saw that they had a job opening as a copywriter. And that way, I kind of worked my way up in, uh, at this Dutch fashion brand. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I enjoyed being here. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the work. And I basically did everything from copywriting to merchandising to, like, anything you can imagine, basically, that um, involves working at fashion brands. brand. So I did see all of the sides. And at one point, I said, like, I don't care what kind of job you give me, what kind of responsibilities you give me. I just want to stay um so that's how I started out in fashion but at the same time while I was working in fashion I really loved being around those people I felt like I needed something more like I needed something creative some sort of an outlet because my work was you know evolving around fashion but I wasn't actually working with the physical product and that's like part of the reason I love the industry so much is that I actually love clothes and I love styling uh so I I figured you know how how can I do this and I went to visit one of my friends who lived in London back then and she had just started a blog and I was following her and I loved what she did but at the same time I was like it's so cool you're the only person I follow because back then it was just you know people were starting out like Instagram wasn't a thing yet at all and she was like, you know what, if you think it's so cool, like, why don't you do it yourself? You mean, you know, if that's what you love, you should try it. And I'm like, no, 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 like I'm way too shy. Like I don't like being in front of the camera. And once I put things on the internet, it's like, it's never gonna go away. So, you know, but in the end, I, I, I guess I let myself be convinced by her and her energy. And I tried, so I started shooting images in like my parents' garden it's uh yeah oh, cool. it's very, i should look up those photos or maybe i shouldn't it's
0: uh, you should i would love to see those very
1: very basic i still have my blog although i don't really use it at this point but i do still see, see it as like a nice database of you know where i came from and I just started doing it and it was like a snowball effect like one thing led to the other and like Instagram started to become a thing and I was like one of the early adapters when it came to that because I was like on the platform when it started to get bigger and bigger um so back then when it was so much easier to grow your following and um everything was just a bit more I would say fair. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's completely different now.
1: Yeah. A, a completely different industry. And also, like, no one was really making a full time living off of, you know, Instagram or, or blogs back then. So it was really a completely different digital landscape, I would say, than it is now. That being said, I am so thankful that I have been able to sustain myself and, and also, partly, obviously, my family by doing this for the past. I think it's been over 10 years and yeah as I said like when I started out no one was really making any money with it and then that slowly started to come in and I started to see like oh this is kind of amazing so I post these photos and I'm like getting in touch with all these people that are also into fashion and are also into styling and also into like festivals and all these things that I loved when I was in my like mid-20s and I love being part of like this culture because I felt like I could connect with those people although I didn't even know most of them on a the level that I couldn't connect with a lot of people around me, even like my friends. And I love my friends so much, but they're all like, you know, doctors and journalists and lawyers, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just like this part of me, I couldn't really connect with my friends about that to the level that I wanted to. So. I was really excited to be part of like this little world that I, I love so much and that world started growing and growing and brands started to get in and be like hey we would actually love to work with you what are your rates and I'm like this is amazing I can make money with this so that's how I started to get paid to create content and that's something I'm still doing and now on the other hand I'm still getting paid to create content on my Instagram channels but I'm also doing it from the other side, uh, where I'm helping create the campaigns, so it's really like a basically like a three, a three sixty now for me, which is really really great.
0: It's cool to hear you say that you were shy and uncomfortable in front of the camera because, I mean, if anyone were to go to any of your channels now, I would like I'm shocked to hear that. Like, what would you tell yourself when you're in your parents' garden? Like, how would you get the confidence to? And how to, over time did you grow the confidence to be in front of the camera and just own that?
1: So I would say that I'm still not 100% comfortable in front really? of
0: the camera. Really? You're fooling everyone.
1: Yeah, it's I, I kind of do. I, I guess I am. Um, but I think the thing is, my husband, uh, back then my boyfriend, has been shooting my photos since the beginning. So he knows exactly what I want and what I like. And he is a creative himself. So... I think it really helped me with my confidence in putting myself out there. And also, I think I just realized that being shy, which is something I guess I've been my entire life, wasn't really gonna help me get to where I wanted to be. So I think job, and I, I do wanna call it a job because it is a job and it's it's a full-time job. I It really changed me as a person in a sense that now I could have conversations with almost anyone. And years ago, I would be the girl in the corner, be like, okay, I'm just minding myself. I'm here with my glass of wine and I'm completely fine. So yeah, it, it definitely changed me. But I think having the person that knows you the best and that you love so much around you and helping you gain that confidence, I think that helped me overcome some of those, you know, fears of being in front of the camera. And I guess doing it from... Your parents' garden. There's not too many people around, and I think when you're shooting on the streets, obviously, you know sometimes people jump into your photo or they make remarks. At this point, I'm so used to it that I even like get dressed like or get changed on the streets, like between the cars. Like I don't really care. I just wear big coats I just like if I'm shooting a couple of looks because at this point in my life, sometimes I cannot shoot all the looks when I'm actually wearing them. So sometimes I just re-wear we them and shoot them like three outfits in in a row on one morning because also now we have a son and um we don't always have a babysitter so it's not ideal to shoot with a little kid around that also wants your attention and that you need to watch because he tends to run in the opposite direction <laughs> where we go so um yeah we need to be a bit more creative so i guess i kind of like stepped over that mm. um, been uh yeah it's been a fun journey and I I don't want to say that I'm fully fully there yet because I am still a bit uncomfortable but also realize that this is just part of what I do it's not everything that I do but it's part of what I do and I like like 99% of the other aspects of it so Mm -hmm. it's completely fine
0: yeah (laughs) I, well, I love to hear that because I feel like that applies to so many different industries or lines of work also. You know, there's always, not always, but oftentimes definitely, you know, fake it till you make it mentality. And if you like all other components of a certain career or job, you know, you learn how to work with the areas that maybe you don't feel as confident in. But I think that's great for people to hear that someone like you who looks so confident in all of these beautiful photography and creative work you know is is also a shy person too. So I think that that's just great for people to hear. I mean, you mentioned getting comments on the street. I feel like the word influencer sometimes has a bad rap. I feel like it's because people don't understand it and they don't understand how much business savvy and creativity and work goes into it. How do you deal with those comments or those people who candidly just just don't understand it
1: yeah i mean i completely agree and i always say when people ask me what i do i'm like oh i work in social media and then they're like okay that's not very specific because you know that could be so many different things i'm like yeah i work with like fashion and like social media and then when they started asking a bit more i'm like okay well i'm what they call an influencer but i hate that word i always like that's the second thing i say because i i really don't like that word One, because maybe it's my Dutch mentality. I feel weird about saying that I influence people. Like, I just feel strange about saying it about myself. I guess it's part of what I do, but it's something that just grew naturally. You know, people trust my judgment, maybe when it comes to that, at least my followers do. When it comes to making certain purchases, and I obviously don't try to convince them to do anything. I just share my experience. And if that helps you know, convince people to finally buy that bag or to see things from a different perspective, then then really great. And mostly, I wanna say, if you do speak about influence currently with the current crisis and, and everything that's happening in the world, I think it's actually really great that you have a certain reach and maybe can, let's say, influence people to do something good and to contribute and to donate. And I think, you know, if you look at it that way, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It depends on how you use it and how you use your network and how you use your platforms. Uh, Because it's a way of communicating things to the world. It's basically like an outlet. It's the the, I don't want to say the new magazines because the magazines are still there and very well researched, hopefully most of the times, and, and they com- completely deserve, you know, the the different title. But I think it's a new addition to some form of, you know, journalism and reaching people and reaching audiences. And I think we do deserve a spot because it's a bit more human. And I think if it that way because we're just humans communicating how we feel and what we wear and what we do it's a more positive way of of looking at at what I do and when people shout, shout at me on the streets usually I'm like okay fine I'm just doing my job I'm minding my own business maybe you should as well I'm usually ignoring it um, the only thing I don't like is when people started filming me like I've had that shooting and people started recording you and it makes me uncomfortable because I don't know what they'll do with the footage but at the same time I realize I'm in the public place I cannot claim that this is my street or whatever so people should do what they love but at the same time respect that you are still a person and you are just trying to do your job and you're not you know hopefully annoying people by just standing here as long as you're not in the way and you know keeping traffic up I feel like it's it should be fine that we shoot on the streets or, or in the parks and it's just for me it's work and and that's also how I want to see it like it is work and obviously it's something that started out for fun but now it is work and some of the time is shooting but most of the time it's just behind my computer or it's chatting to clients it's meeting people it's obviously been you know behind my computer much more the past two years than before because i used to travel a bunch as well because i worked in both europe and the us and i've been to africa and i've been to asia and i've actually even been to like australia so that obviously takes up a lot of time as well and then the meetings i love meeting people in person for me that's something i find very important because i don't want whatever i do to just be a transaction you know build relationships and and I also see my platform and and everything that I've done over the past 10 years as a way to build something that's a bit more sustainable for me and for my future and for the future of my family and I really appreciate that I've been able to meet so many people through what I do over the past 10 years or so and that that hopefully has built me my own career that i could have never created that basically didn't exist 10 years ago and i'm I'm very thankful for that so i try to keep that in mind when people start being annoying or difficult and at the same time i also think if at this day and age you know in 2022 if i still need to explain people what i do then they're probably not at it so sometimes it's not a not a point in you know, obviously you have the older generations, and I guess it's a mix between photography and marketing and journalism, and it's a whole new thing. But at the same time, it's it's not new anymore, and people make fun of you, but people have their own reasons to make fun of you, um, and that's with them, and it doesn't say anything about me. So I I try to keep that in mind, and usually that works for me.
0: Yeah, well, I think you should totally own it. Because I know a little bit about what it takes to do what you do, and it honestly is so incredibly impressive. I think like titles are always weird. Even job titles, I feel like, don't accurately describe what you do. Influencer is a word. Content creator is a word. You could also say that you work in advertising because, I mean, essentially, consumers are so much more savvy than they used to be. They understand that brands are marketing and trying to sell a product. So consumers look to people they trust who they know is an actual person and not a commercial entity. And, you know, they look to them for advice or um, style tips or where to go when you're traveling or just because, you know, they create beautiful content. Um, There are many different reasons why I'm sure followers found and respect you. And um, people don't... People who don't get it need to just get with it or or move on, but I understand. Right. I I've I've had that conversation with lots of different people about, you know, how do you describe what it is that you do? It's such a it's like branding yourself. And um it can be tricky at times.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm my own product and that's as something actually I have issues with sometimes as well because there are no boundaries in a sense that this started out as a hobby, now is my profession, but like, where does the one end and where does the other start? Because it's about me, it's about my life, but then I obviously pick and choose what people know and what people see, and you want to let them in, but at the same time, I feel very protective of, for example, my son and my husband, who who is kind of like a public person because he was in music for a very long time, Um, people do see him on my profile but there is so much I don't share and obviously Instagram is sort of like a highlight reel and I guess they want you to be real and they want you to show emotions and show that you're human but at the same time you do want to protect yourself and you want to protect your family so sometimes finding that balance like what do you share and what do you not share and when you when you stop working because I don't have to go to an office I don't have a boss that's you know expecting me to be in at around like 9 a.m until 5 or 6 or even later I can decide when I work and when I don't but that also means since I am my own boss basically that it never stops like I wake up at night and I'm like oh I need to do this and I start writing myself emails and I sometimes work at night, sometimes work in the mornings, but at the same time I love the flexibility. But finding a balance between the private and the work life and what you share and what you what you you know keep to yourself is is diff- is difficult sometimes. Um, because I like I said I'm a bit of a shy person in a sense that I don't feel comfortable completely letting myself go online because I'm also still a human and I think it's also to protect myself because I take things very personal when people, you know, say certain things to you online. And I guess you expose yourself in a way to hurtful things if you are more open, but at the same time, it can help a lot of people if you're more open about certain subjects. So it's always trying to find that balance. And at the same time, also just living your life offline, I think is very important I think you shouldn't always be on your phone and you shouldn't want to capture everything. I think a few years ago, I did have the issue where I felt like every beautiful sunset, every beautiful moment with friends I wanted to share. And now at the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy this. And it's fine because people see it and people click through and they go to the next thing. And it means so much more to me in this moment than it will to the people who maybe see it for like a second and then move on to the next thing, that I do think it's really important to also be off your phone. And when work allows, enjoy your weekend, go outside, play with your kids if you have them, go out with friends and just enjoy that and be in that moment without always being with your phone in your hands. So that's a after a few years, I feel like I'm getting there where I allow myself to have some time off and especially during vacations. It's like, oh, it's so beautiful. I need to capture his content and I want to share and hopefully maybe like inspire people and let them see how beautiful this world can be. But at the same time, you know, I'm there and I'm with my family and they also deserve my full attention. So it's uh, it's always a balancing act.
0: Well, it's it's interesting to think about how you grew in this industry because i feel like nowadays people who say they want to be an influencer or they want to be a content creator they have a a better understanding of just the landscape they have an understanding of trolls online they have an understanding of backlash of it's just a more developed industry at this point but when you started there's no way of knowing what social media would be and how this would influence your life and how much you would be sharing. So I'm just curious, would you say you knew everything, the pros, the cons, everything 10 years ago, would you choose this path?
1: Probably not (laughs) to be honest, you know, and I think, but that's also the beauty of not knowing things because sometimes you let yourself be held back by things because you just know everything or you think you know everything and i think even with lapicine and i'm also working on you know a different company where we're launching a product and we've been working on it for a year and a half and we should have been launching this year in may and it's probably going to be like september or october and it's all delays and it's a lot more difficult and a lot more bumps in the road than i expected if i had known that before i said yes then I probably wouldn't have done so. And the same with the agency. You know, you have this idea and this concept in mind and you basically want to execute on it straight away, but the world doesn't always work like that. And I think with, you know, my career on Instagram, I think it's been the same thing. If I had known everything before I started out, maybe I wouldn't have done it. On the other hand, that's just thinking about the negatives, I also didn't know about the positives. So I think when it comes to people choosing this career path right now, they do also have that knowledge as well. And when I started out, even gifting wasn't really a thing. So I did it for completely different reasons. And I have zero regrets starting out and doing this. And I am very appreciative of all the opportunities that i've gotten over the few over the past few years and working with amazing brands and meeting amazing people getting to wear beautiful clothes that i would never be able to afford otherwise either loaning or gifting getting paid to take you know photos on beautiful destinations is obviously the dream had i known about the whole you know bully parts on instagram It depends on how intense that is. I would say because I kind of grew into it, I also decided to protect myself and not overshare. So the bullying part I know exists, but I also chose not to make myself part of that by not sharing too much. So not putting myself out there too much and not making myself too vulnerable. So maybe it's actually a yes and no answer because it really depends on how you look at it knowing everything I know now I probably would have I might have still started, but maybe in a slightly different way but I also kind of love how things grow and how they develop and how you make mistakes and how you know learn and and get to where you are and I think the same with the products you know that we're I'm sadly cannot say anything about that here yes i know how super annoying it is because i hate it when people say like oh i've been working on this for two years but i'm like every i'm dying to share but i actually cannot share anything and i right now and i know and that's super annoying and we all said like if we had known what it would have taken to actually get to you know from the idea to the actual getting the actual product we might not have done it but then you let yourself be held back by, you know, those bumps in the roads. Well, the highs, I think, in everything that I do are so much higher. So I am so happy that I did this. It. So it's got kind of like a yes and no answer for all the things that I do. And, um I think the agency part has been a bit more easy because it just comes so naturally, you know, and I've basically been preparing myself for this uh over the past 10 years. So, mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a tough question because you never know what's around the corner in life and how the industry will continue to evolve, especially because it's essentially it's based on technology and social media and like who knows where that will lead us. But I think you have a really healthy outlook on the whole situation. And I think you've, you've grown and evolved with the changing times very gracefully and in a very smart way.
1: Yeah. And I think the industry just like, it keeps on changing. Obviously there's TikTok now and I'm not actually active on TikTok. And I feel like I have to be, but at the same time, do I have to be? Because it's out there and it's so popular right now, or do I really want to be? Those are two different things. And I think that now is the, the trickier part for, for some people, because we started out with the blog then Instagram came and obviously it really helped, you know, grow our following and our reach. Um, Facebook was a thing, not so much anymore for me, Twitter, same thing. Um, and then now TikTok and it's also a whole new generation and you need to keep on adapting, but like to what level are you going to keep on adapting and will you have to adapt? So at some point, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe I'll get to a point where I'm like, this is something I just cannot do. And it's, it's too much for me or it's too difficult for me or And sometimes things pop up like, you know, doing the lives were a thing at some point on Instagram. And now I don't see a lot of people doing those anymore. So it keeps on changing and we'll see and we'll adapt and we'll make choices and maybe it's the right one and maybe it's not. But that's also, I guess, part of the fun, just, uh, you know, learning. I'm I'm trying to educate myself on NFTs and, and getting into the whole metaverse and it's I don't know maybe I I need to dive into it a bit more it feels complicated to me and it's probably not so much if you really get into it but it's a whole nother dimension to what we do but also a whole nother set of opportunity which also is kind of fun that it's constantly evolving and you can just I feel like you should just do what you're comfortable with and also fine if you get into things a bit later maybe at I will I will start doing my TikTok maybe I won't um, we'll see
0: well I think you should do what you told yourself which was very impressive at a very young age but only do what you love to do yeah when you mentioned that at the beginning that really stood out to me because it seems like a very wise thing for a young person to <laughs> decide to do so that's yeah. pretty
1: cool I think it comes from it's. it's partly my character as well where I am from a very big family. I'm the oldest of eight kids. Oh. So I kind of have to, like, stand up for myself in every sort of situation because I was just a year old when my sister came and every two years there was a new sibling. <laughs> I, I didn't love it back then. I love it now because now we're all grown up and, and you get so much support and it's it's the best thing ever. But when I was younger, obviously, you know, you're trying to, like fight for attention maybe, but I'm also not the person who would fight for attention. So it's uh, it's always been a thing for me where I kind of feel like I have to stand up for myself. And the more people say I cannot do something, the more I will try to prove that I can, even if it's not something I necessarily wanted to do. And it was, it started back when I was like eight and my teacher was like, oh, when you go to high school, you can, in the Netherlands, you have like this system Where you have certain levels and you can step in on a certain level and i was like i'm gonna step in on like the highest level that gets you to university straight away and my teacher was like "Mm, i don't know if you can actually do that i don't know if you're like smart enough to do that so i was like i will prove to you so (laughs) when i did my tests and everything um i you know, worked and studied and I went to, you know, that's the highest level of education that you could get in in my country just because I'm like, I'm going to prove this to you that I can actually do this. Same with, I guess, working in fashion. My, you know, family and friends were not necessarily super supportive of the decision of me deciding not to do anything with history anymore because they were like why would you you studied for four years and now you're choosing this completely different path isn't that a waste of time isn't that a waste of money and i was like you just don't understand now but just wait you know just wait and i'm gonna prove this to you and myself because in the end obviously it's about proving it to myself that i can actually do it and Obviously, I didn't know what was going to come from it. But I just knew in my gut that I was going to find the thing for me. And I did. And then at some point, I started doing guest posts on the Dutch folk website. Mm. And when I got to that level, people were like, oh, okay, so this actually is a thing. Because <laughs> it recognizes you, then maybe this actually is more than just a hobby and taking photos of yourself in your parents' garden. Maybe this is actually starting to become a thing obviously now there is no way around it anymore but i've always felt like i if i really believe in something to myself but also in a way to people around me i kind of want to prove that i can do this like i can do this and i think that's something that is holding a lot of people back is thinking you cannot do something and maybe something isn't going to happen for you straight away Maybe some things are never going to happen for you at all. Maybe they're not meant to, although you think they are. But I do feel like if you really, really want something and try to be patient in a way, which is something I'm not necessarily not necessarily a super patient person, but you will get there. And that's why I love also people like you who are just like, you know what? This is something I want to do. I'm just going to do it and we'll see. And maybe there will be bumps in the road, maybe not. Like some people get really lucky or, you know, work really hard and get results straight away. And for some people it will take a a much longer time. And I think they say with startups on average, it takes two to three years to see like proper results. And I, I do really believe in that because I think people are really hard on themselves. And I think that's something I tend to be as well, like really hard on yourselves and like, expecting so much from yourself but then at the same time when you do succeed in something even in the smallest way it's like i did this and in front of that so that's something that that feeling is so amazing that i'm i'm always willing to work
0: to actually get there yeah yeah it's like those moments i distinctively remember certain moments where i got a certain email or an opportunity and just this Like huge smile on your face, walking down the streets in New York City, because you're like, I did it. Um, But I think it's also important to note. I mean, when people are concerned about wasted time, you spent four years, you know, studying in a certain field, and then you're not directly applying it. Okay, yeah, you can dwell on those four years, but also think about all the years in your life you have ahead. Like. Can you imagine just sticking yeah. with the path because of a decision you made when you were 18 and then, and then not changing course. So. Um, yeah. At
1: the moment. I loved it. But I think you also need to allow yourself to say like, it was great, but also this was it. And it comes to, this comes to people obviously as well. Like sometimes even with friendships, you're like, this has been amazing. And we've spent so much fun times together, but there's also end to this road and that's also fine. And. And that's, that's really hard. And I think that's really hard for me. It's really hard for a lot of people, but it's also something, you know, it's being hard on yourself again. And like, I love studying history. I have zero regrets, but it also taught me a lot about what I didn't want to do with my life. I think that's something that's so valuable as well. And I think the lessons, even from making those mistakes and from all the bumps in the roads and from all the blockages and all the things that, that, might happen uh the past you know two years during a pandemic i think a lot of people have learned that and obviously i want to say everything happens for a reason but in this case i don't think it necessarily applies but from the from the hardship and from the harder times you will learn so much that brings you so much value moving forward that i think it's OK. And it's also OK to decide, you know, if you do study history and you decide to go into fashion and it doesn't work out, then at least you tried. And I think I'd rather say I tried and I failed than I didn't try. And that's been like my motto, basically, with everything that I do. And I think, and that's something actually I really love about New York is that I feel like there are so many like-minded people and people come here with dreams and people come here to hustle because New York is a tough city. I mean, you can't just like sit back and relax. That's just not going to, unless maybe you come from a really good background or get very, very lucky. I think most people have to work really hard in order to like afford, you know, a life here. And I, I really love that here there's more than back at home, in my opinion, the mentality of, everyone tries and they try to make it happen for themselves and for those around them. And they want to help each other, which is something I really, really love. It's like, Oh, you're, doing like you should meet with this person or that person, but most of all, failure is okay. You're like, Oh man, at least you tried. Like that's so cool. And you'll see where, where, you know, and and maybe it, it won't lead you to exactly what you envisioned, but it'll lead you somewhere else. You can always start over and there's lessons in, in everything. And I think it's it's fine not always making the right choice because the wrong choice will lead you somewhere else that you might mm-hmm. have gotten there if you made the right choice, like straight away. And it, there's lessons in everything, I believe.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't remember where I read this but or heard of it, but there, I consumed some form of media that was basically saying your life and the paths you take and the decisions you make They're just a bunch of dots. And only when you're able to look back after a significant amount of time, you're able to connect those dots and really see the journey of how one decision led to another, led to another. But when you're in it, you feel, you can feel stressed and like you're not on the right path and all of these things. But it's because the dots are just being placed. But then, you know, at the end of it, which sounds not necessarily at the end of your life, but when you're looking back, it makes more sense. And not that I'm old or wise, but I I feel that way even looking back at since when I graduated college and the little dots that have happened in my life and looking back and like, oh, that's what led to that. And I mean, like you said, one of the most valuable things is learning what you don't want to do because that then directly impacts what you do choose to do in the next decision you make.
1: Yeah, I fully, fully believe in that. And that's the thing, you know, you might not know why something is happening or why something is happening to you or in general, but at some point, at least for me, speaking from my own experience, because obviously I know I'm also very lucky to be born, you know, where I was and to live the life and have the opportunities that my parents were able to give me. so very much speaking from my own experience even the really hard times even over the past few years they now all make sense to me and maybe it's also a way to survive and to keep yourself going but I also learned from all the things that didn't go my way the past few years that we do and I need to be patient with myself I should not be too hard with myself because in the end the only thing that really really matters is and that also applies obviously to the current state of, of the world is that you're safe and that you're healthy and that you're surrounded by people that you love and if you have those things nothing else matters you know when even to not to be traumatic but like when you die it doesn't matter what amount of money you have on your bank account I I, at least not to me I want to know that I lived my life and that, I, and that I enjoyed it and that I was happy most of the time I don't think anyone is always fully really happy but that I was around people that I love and that I spend time with the people that I love and to me I feel like that's always something that's keeping me going I'm like you know what pardon my French if the shit hits the fan I'll be okay as long as I have this so me having that as a priority has really also helped me because in the end work is part of my life but at the same time i do not want to forget about that life part of my life
0: Mm -hmm. you should be a an inspirational speaker maybe that's your next dot
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean public speaking is another thing um It was very comfortable from you know the little study and speaking to you. Obviously, I know you, but speaking to you from a screen, yeah, uh, from a screen, it's. um, But yeah, maybe maybe at some point, maybe that will be (laughs) the next challenge to be a (laughs) personal speaker. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that.
0: It's true. I'd love to talk more about lap scene. Can you tell me a little bit about? What was the impetus for that? And not only, you know, what, how you got the idea, but then how do you actually execute on it? Like, what are all the moving parts that you had to do to get the agency off the ground?
1: Yeah, so basically, the idea of Piscine was created even like a few years ago. Uh, we were chatting to some friends that are also in the industry, and we figured like maybe it's cool to basically get the part of like what we do for ourselves on our own channels, but start applying that to brands because brands obviously have beautiful campaigns. But I think there is something about creating those campaigns from our perspective in a sense that we might be able to add a bit more of like a human touch than the the average agency could do. So that's basically like years ago, like four years ago or something. Something that like, popped in our brains, but then we never ended up like executing on it, probably because we were all way too busy and just doing our thing and like traveling and doing all the work. And we never ended up actually doing it. And then two years ago, the pandemic hit. Um, I just moved back to Amsterdam to have my baby, thinking it was like a temporary thing. Um, and it ended up being two years because of the travel restrictions, almost two years because of the travel restrictions and we finally had some time although we had the baby we did find the time because obviously work was slowing down and there was no traveling anymore to actually properly think about this so my husband who is also a creator I want to say but in a different way he's always been my photographer and from shooting me he has been shooting a bunch of other girls but also been doing some campaigns for Uh, bigger fashion brands himself as a photographer is so completely self-taught but definitely something he loves doing so much and wanted to explore a bit more because he was always in music he still is in music and um touring the world as a dj and also he was in the studio the other half of the time uh producing so a creator i want to say in every sense of the word that he loves being creative and it doesn't matter if it's music or photography or art so it's a really great partner to have when you want to start something like that because we're very much on the same level i want to say i am a creative and i especially really know what i love and what i don't i'm what they would call an aesthetic junkie i think and i just i have a very clear you know idea of like how things should look for certain brands for example think the combination was just really great and we started chatting about this like how can we do more like how can we work with brands on a different level because now they come to you and you create some content they started asking more and more for extra assets for extra photos to post on their channels and i'm like i feel like there is something there where we can offer more than what we do right now but then offer to create smaller campaigns for example like small like like capsule campaign campaign so just like a few images for their social media channels but then not without with me in the image because as i mentioned before i'm not always super comfortable that everything is about me all the time and i really love the idea of like doing what i do and what i really honestly really love doing but then doing it for others so not with me in front of the camera but being part of the creative still doing the whole creative process and thinking about how things should look and how things should be styled, but then with someone else in the photo that actually really, really loves being in front of the camera or actually really is really, really good in front of the camera. So we started just experimenting with some shoots, just like loading some products and just shooting in Amsterdam. Back then with some of our friends that are uh, also in the industry and like some of our friends that are models and... We really figured like, uh, you know, there is something here that we enjoy doing and we enjoy doing it together because I think working together as a couple is like a whole nother thing and there really needs to be the right balance. And for us, it's really important that we have our own things within the company that we run together. So he does the financial side of things. I do more of the outwards, you know, going conversation in the sense that like I talk to the clients and... I help create the whole concept for the shoots and the mood boards and all of that stuff. I do most of the pre-production. I do the casting. I do, you know, the location scouting. I do all of those things. And then he so far has been shooting a lot of the stuff. And then sometimes we work with, um, you know, we work with videographers or other photographers to execute on certain projects, depending on what the client wants exactly and where they want it to be shocked because obviously we can only be in one location at a time so we um we started out just by just doing it because i still feel, feel like at some point when you have this idea and you just want to do something as you probably know yourself at some point you either just need to do it or you need to forget about it yeah. because otherwise it's just going kind of like it's always going to be there and it's always going to like, look over your shoulder like hey i'm also here but at some point you either need to do something with it or you or you don't and it's the same for us it was the same with uh, you know moving to new york we were talking about moving to new york for years and we were like in and out of new york and at one point i told my husband you know what we move by october 1st and if we don't then we're not going to move at all like i need to either do it or get it my head." so we ended up doing it and it ended up being a great success thankfully and same this time around going back with a toddler we're like oh like is it gonna be great for us like is, has New York changed and then we decided to just do it because you know if you don't try you are never gonna know and I feel like with the agency it's been the same thing and we just tried so we tried a few shoots before and at one point we're like okay we're confident enough that we have enough proof of concept to go to like some of the people that we really know well and that we trust and that trust us to show this is what we can do. Can we do something for you? Can we create something small or big or whatever you need? Can we talk about this? So I started to talk to my clients last year, uh, some of my clients that I've worked with for for years or that I know really well, like, Hey, we just started doing this. Can we help you out? Because we do feel like there's always a need for content people consume content so so fast on instagram on stories and on on the feed and there's always this huge ask for new stuff and and new images and a new outlook on things so we knew that there was the ask because obviously i've been doing this work for so long and uh, we feel like we can really fill a gap in that sense that there is a ton of bigger agencies doing the same thing Uh, but they you know they might have a different outlook on things they might have they definitely have different budgets and i feel like in this day and age there is so much space for us to be creative and we can do so much and I think as an agency, we really see that there is a gap in that sense that you have the really big shoes that I actually have been a part of as well, with a ton of people in there, um, really big budgets. But then seeing the results sometimes, I was like, oh, like, is this great? Do I love this? I feel like we can do better, but then with like a way smaller team, Um, I feel like, In the past two years, I just had a ton of time to think about how we can actually execute on this, how we can make this work, but especially how can we make this more sustainable? More sustainable for our wallets, obviously, but also more sustainable for the environment, but because I don't think it's necessary to send a whole team of, let's say, 10 or 20 people to the other side of the world to execute on a certain project. Why not work with local talents? Why not work with people that are actually already there, that know the area, that can actually produce amazing work? Because there's people all over this globe that can produce amazing work. They just don't always get the platform to do so and to open those doors for other creators and to open those doors for brands as well and making them see that you don't always have to go to like the bigger agencies to get the same quality of work. Has been a bit of a challenge sometimes because you know if people are creatures of habit, so if they're used to doing things a certain way, sometimes you need to show them that things can be done differently as well. But so far, we've been really lucky to get the opportunity from a bunch of brands that I was either already in touch with or were connected to people that I was in touch with before and it's been really great to be working on this side of things where it still allows me to create and to be creative and to do some of the styling, but then not making it about me takes away a lot of the boundaries when it comes to that. Like I'm so much more free because it doesn't have to fit my, you know, aesthetic. It doesn't have to fit my profile. I just need see the see potential in something and see how we can make it work. And for us, the main thing is see how we can elevate things because we want things to still be beautiful, but at the same time accessible and attainable, but in a way relatable, I guess, for for the people that we work with and obviously the followers and clients of the people that we work with. So it's been it's been really great and it's definitely been a learning curve because you just learn so much by just doing it and it's been really great and we're getting to the point where we're like starting to do like bigger campaigns so it's something that I never did before like I never booked a model before I never you know made even small things like a call sheet before and like wh- who do you need on set? and I still might not know everything because obviously there are like huge productions that I've never been a part of um, but it's a really fun process and so far you know getting the opportunity from people and brands to actually do this and to show them that uh, we can do this for them and also for them at a lower budget than maybe, you know, other agencies would quote them has been really fun and it's been rewarding as well. So that's been really great.
0: I think it is so smart. I've worked in different capacities, you know, with a quote influencer and creating content or with a full production team and creating content and Something I always noticed on the bigger shoots is, okay, you want to work with a certain director, a certain photographer, and then there are a million people involved because there is so much work that goes into it and so much time and project planning and production timelines and post-production work. And I mean, there can be call sheets with 40 people easily and... What you and Ralph are doing because of your quote influencer work, where you understand all the pieces to it. You know, you understand what it takes to make a good photograph composition wise, but also the background it needs, the styling, the different pieces, the lighting, what it means to work with the client to have that relationship. So, applying all the expertise that you have within this agency framing or mindset is like a slam dunk, in my opinion, because I mean, if I was still on the agency side, like I would definitely call you and Ralph to to shoot our campaigns because it's helpful having having the perspective you both have and applying that in different ways. So all the kudos to you guys. I think it's thank you.
1: Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, and and you know, I think it's it's definitely partly, you know, or or a big part is due to the experience that we've been able to build. But also on the brand side, I do understand that because there is so much out there, maybe it's really easy to go to like, you know, what's right in front of you, like the bigger agencies. Um, it's so hard to find, you know, maybe the more niche photographers. There's just, there's so many amazingly talented people out there that sometimes it's also hard to cre- actually create that team. Like who do you put together, but also who works really well together. And I have been shooting with so many different people over the past few years for campaigns, for you know, Fashion Week projects, street style. And I kind of know from my own personal experience, uh, the brands that I love working with, because I do always really invest in that personal connection, but also the creatives that I personally love working with. And I, I could vouch for towards clients because you never know who you're gonna get if you book someone that you don't know. And then having to book a full team and just getting all of them together is is sometimes a bit of a challenge for brands. And I completely understand that. And I hope we can help build those, you know, build the confidence that we can build those teams and we can put the right people together. And and it just works. And we don't necessarily need, you know, a team of twenty to get the actual results that's wanted. So that's been really great that we had this idea and like now actually from by just doing it and like using everything that we learned and the people that we know and the people that we got to know and combine all of that together that it's actually like a recipe for well I hope big success but right now definitely success in the sense that it's you know um, helping us with you know our our income basically monthly income which is something i'm really proud of that obviously i'm still doing the influencer work and the instagram work and ralph is still working on his music and he's like getting into like the whole nft thing that i still need to learn about but we're still and we're working on the agency and we have had an income for a while now out of the agency and that's something i'm very proud of and we have just finalized basically our growth strategy for the year and we're very excited about what's ahead and just you know again we started out with some ideas, like some experience now we have a lot more experience now we're like almost a year in and we are hoping to quadruple that experience over the next year and being able to do like bigger and better things moving forward and increasing the scope of the clients that we've been working with and so far all of the clients have come back which is something that is so amazing amazing for for us and i'm so proud of that because obviously it's also a bit scary using your network and you know working with people that you know and you especially because you know them and they do give you that trust while you don't have a proven track record of you know being this creative agency and being you know big name photographers and getting that trust, and then them coming back is like the biggest—I uh, mean—compliment I think you can get, and and that's I'm very, very appreciative of those brands and people that have given us the opportunity from like the beginning to to work with them, and for letting us be part of you know the way they communicate to the outside world and the way. Um, appreciating the way that we see it and the way we envision it and the way our photos work on like their timelines or their websites or the videos, you know, bring the clothing, come to life. And it's, it's, it's been really, really great. And for me to be completely honest, I think more rewarding even than if it's about myself, Um, because if it's about myself it's for myself as well obviously also for the brands but it's about me and i know me obviously really well i think um but when you create content for brands and campaigns for brands and videos for brands you kind of need to fully understand them as well and i think by working with people and brands for for so long i kind of found a way to to get there you know because i know them and i know what they want and i know what they're looking for because i have been working with them for a while and it takes a certain amount of conversations and it also takes sometimes maybe even making mistakes and knowing like okay so apparently this doesn't work Uh, and there's obviously also the data but then there's also the part of like educating the brands like i think in order to get to you know xyz you need to make certain decisions and maybe not everything is going to be working straight away but it might be in the end so yeah it's um it's it's been really fun and i'm so thankful for starting something that so far has worked because things could go a completely different route and that's also fine uh, but i'm i'm very thankful for us being able to do this and to do what we love and to do it together is just it's just amazing because it allows us to spend obviously so much time together to travel together but also allows us to be flexible with our schedule that sense, that he doesn't have to be present somewhere for a certain amount of hours i don't have to be so you can also choose to have like this morning to have a family walk at like 9 a.m and just like go and enjoy the beautiful sunshine in new york city today so i'm overall i'm in i'm in a very good place right now and i'm i'm very happy about that
0: yeah. Well, I'm happy to have you back in New York.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited <laughs> to be back. I've been like thinking about it from the second I left. It's funny because it feels like home, although I wasn't born here. But just I just really feel, you know, the best version of myself out here. So,
0: yeah, my mom, my mom says the same. I, I think because when she, she lived in Brussels after growing up in Holland and then, um, moved to the States with my dad and then moved back to Europe and then back to New York. And of all the places she's lived, even in Holland, she always says New York is home because everyone's from somewhere else. Like your accent doesn't stand out. Everyone has an accent. Everyone has a different reason for being there. And it's just a great place.
1: Yeah, Most Americans aren't from New York that I know that live here. Exactly. They're like from somewhere else in the States. And that's, I think... You know, everyone is just part of part of the city because no one is actually from here and we're all trying to work and maybe we come here with like no friends. So I think people are just a bit more I don't know, open to that. And it's it's I, I think New York City is actually a pretty great place to make friends pretty fast. So
0: So Rebecca, the way I've been rounding out these episodes is asking five final questions kind of rapid fire style. So shout out whatever you feel is you. We may have touched on some of the topics before, but I'm going to ask them nonetheless.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: Okay. So question number one, what drives you to create and why do you do what you do?
1: Being able to do what I love and create something out of nothing. I feel like it's the most beautiful thing if there's nothing there and you have this vision and you have this um, idea and then to just try and make it work and then seeing the results, even if it's not exactly what you wanted, it's just the most rewarding thing. And I think this could apply to all assets of your life. So it's it's not just work or an Instagram thing, It's it's about everything.
0: Question number two, this one is fill in the blank. So feeling inspired feels like...
1: Butterflies, I wanna say. If I feel really inspired and this drive and that's definitely something New York is doing to me, even just like walking around here, as I mentioned this morning, or whenever in the sunshine, listening to, you know, the music that I love back at home, it was New York, New York from F- Frank Sinatra on repeat. <laughs> and just like having your mind open because you feel good and because you feel happy and then open to ideas. And I just come, sometimes they just come flooding in and I just... Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is amazing. And you feel this, yeah, butterflies, this rush going through your belly. I think it's the most amazing thing.
0: Mm, I love that answer. Question number three, where do you go physically, mentally, digitally to get your creative juices flowing? And maybe you just answered that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say outside. Yeah. Um, especially, and not necessarily always in Amsterdam, because in Amsterdam it tends to rain a lot. So I think that's maybe one of the reasons I love New York is actually most of the time it's sunny, which I love. And it's not always warm like today. it's, It's still pretty chilly, but it's so nice out. And being able to hear the birds, but also hear the noises and hear the life around you and hearing people just, you know, go about their day and you walking around and realizing that you're actually in New York and that it's amazing and that this has always been your dream. I think that's that's the best thing ever. So getting my creative juices flowing usually takes me taking a little step back in the sense like, let's just switch off. Let's put my phone down, put my computer down and just like be.
0: Mm-hmm. If you could tell your younger self one thing or one piece of advice, what would you say?
1: I would say to my younger self and maybe also my current self that I shouldn't overthink and that things are going to be fine. and that I shouldn't worry too much. Because in the end, things usually turn out fine, but sometimes you need to learn that and experience that in order to know that.
0: And then finally, Rebecca, what are you looking forward to today? Is there anything that's keeping you feeling motivated and inspired?
1: Keeping me motivated is all the potential that's currently on the table, I wanna say. I was just talking to my manager yesterday about the agency and about, you know, things with, you know, my personal business on Instagram. And even if a lot of things are not confirmed yet, just knowing that I'm talking to these brands about certain collaborations or campaigns that we'll be creating to them, just knowing that it's out there and that it's hopefully going to come and it's I'm, I'm manifesting all of it, obviously is is keeping me going because i'm like i am doing what i love and i'm gonna make sure that i can do this for a very long time
0: so where can people go to find you keep up with you
1: so i am obviously on instagram (laughs) um which is at rebecca laurie so my first and last name i have a website that hasn't been updated in forever but if you want to see where i came from it's a good place to go it's rebecca and then for the agency, we have an Instagram and a website that basically have the same name, and it's we are, and then La Piscine, which is the French for pool, standing for pool of talents, pool of ideas, and pool of all the things that you want. So La Piscine is L A P I S C I N E. We are La Piscine.
0: I love that. I didn't even think about that. I mean, I knew it meant pool, but that's smart. That's yeah. really smart.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think most people here do not even know, you know, French that well. So it's Lepiscane. Like, what's that? I'm like, no, it's <laughs> It means cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, there's some thought that, you know, went behind the, the whole name. And then also, obviously, I don't know if you know that movie, but there's a movie called Lepicine that's amazing.
0: 1960. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Creative Juicy. If you like what you heard, it would mean so much if you can take a minute to rate and review the show. Be sure to hit subscribe to stay updated on new episodes and follow me at Mish, M-I-C-H, underscore Wainwright on Instagram for more podcast updates. You can also find show notes and a transcript for today's episode at creativejuicypodcast.com. Hope you have a good one. Bye.